on the Cuyahoga River, rolling into Cleveland to the lake. There was a red moon rising on the Cuyahoga River, rolling into Cleveland to the lake. There's an oil barge winding down the Cuyahoga River, rolling into Cleveland to the lake. There's an oil barge winding down the Cuyahoga River, rolling. What is up, everyone? Talk Baseball is back. You can find us on Twitter at @talkbaseball with ones for L's. I've been away from the mic for a little bit because I was on vacation for some family events. I was meaning to record a podcast while on vacation, but I had some technical issues that made it so I wasn't able to record. But now I am back on the mic. It is Tuesday, June 26th, and a lot has happened in baseball since the last time I talked with you guys. The College World Series finally has its finalists. The bench is cleared in the Nationals Rays game. Pat McAfee played in his first professional baseball game, and there's more that we're going to get into and talk about on this podcast, so stay tuned for the whole episode, and it's going to be a great time. Now I want to start off this podcast how I've started off most of my podcasts with the College World Series. Now we finally have the finalists for the College World Series. Oregon State's playing Arkansas in the championship. Now my predictions leading up to this series obviously have sucked. If you've been paying attention at all, I had Oregon State rolling through North Carolina. I didn't think Texas was going to go as far as they did, and then when they did make it that far, I thought that they were going to be Arkansas, which obviously didn't happen considering that they're playing in the College World Series. So my predictions thus far have been very, very bad, so I'm not going to predict the winner for this game because since my predictions have gone so bad, it could go either way, and I don't want my prediction to affect the game. Now, game one was supposed to happen yesterday. It was postponed due to weather. Omaha and the NCAA did a really good job to not start the game on time because if they were to start it on time, it would have been in the sun. But they knew a storm was coming. 40 minutes later, they ended up being in the middle of a storm that caused the game to be postponed. I was kind of mad about it because I was sitting in the airport two hours before my flight left to watch the beginning of the game. But... I guess that they they did a really good job to not play the game, but it does beg one major question as to why the College World Series is being played in Omaha. There are so many other places in the country where it doesn't rain in June that they could be playing these baseball games. Now, this year I feel like the College World Series has been hit a little bit more by weather than in prior years, but it really just shows how bad it can end up being. And it's really a toss of a coin whether or not it's going to be that the games are going to be delayed or postponed. This year we had a couple of games that were ended up being postponed that had to be played the next day early. I think that that's it's really dumb that you're doing this to the College World Series um, and to the athletes and to the coaches, to the teams. I just feel like there's so many other places that you can play in the United States that it's not going to be raining. I saw a thing on Twitter that said that they should like alternate stadiums or. Yeah, they should alternate stadiums. 
so the higher seed has a home field advantage, but I just feel like that's a lot of money that the NCAA is not going to be willing to spend, not to mention the amount of time it'll take because they're going to have to have travel days. Imagine North Carolina having to fly to Oregon State to play where it's probably raining because it always rains in Oregon, but they have to go play in Oregon State, and then they have to have a travel day. It just drags out this College World Series. I think that they should all be in one spot because that's great for the brand of the NCAA, and it's really great for wherever they're going. Maybe they could change every year where they play the College World Series. I don't know, but it's it's just I don't think that they need to be playing it in Omaha. But to go back to the Oregon State-Arkansas game, Heimlich is the expected starter for Game 1 for the Beavers. And while he has a controversial past, I'm not going to get into the controversial past. I'm sure that you guys have heard about it, and everybody has their own opinions, and that's not a tree that I'm going to bark up. But all that aside, he is the best pitcher in college baseball by far this year. He had something like a .78 ERA or something stupid this year in the regular season. Now he has struggled in this College World Series. I think his jitters will have worn off. I think that he actually was kind of nervous, and that's why he hasn't done too well in his first two start. He hasn't gotten out of the third inning in either of his College World Series appearances, but I feel that he will do well in this game and hopefully lead Oregon State to a Game 1 victory. Notice I said hopefully and not that he will because... Last time I said that they will win, it didn't happen. Now, Heimlich, because of his controversial past, he wasn't drafted this year. That's a big topic. But I do really feel like Heimlich will play professional baseball and will be the biggest sleeper in a tryout or walk-on or whatever they call it in the MLB when he's invited to go play somewhere and he's going to dominate in the major leagues. Now, all of this hoop loss surrounding Heimlich aside, Oregon State is the obvious favorite in this three-game series, but based on how the College World Series is gone, obviously anything can happen at the end of this series, and it'll probably end in wild fashion as most of the games, so this will be a lot of fun to watch. Now to move on from college baseball to the MLB, the Nationals and the Rays cleared the benches after the game was concluded yesterday. Sergio Romo closed the second straight shutout against the Nationals, and after the last pitch, he chirped at the Nationals' dugout, which caused the benches to clear after the game. Apparently, this all goes back to when Trey Turner stole on Romo earlier in the season when the Nationals had a commanding lead. Now, I'm really big on respecting the game, and at lower levels, it makes a lot of sense to stop running, to do the station-to-station, station, stop taking extra bags because you're playing a team and you're beating them so bad. You know they're, you're going to beat them. There's no chance they're coming back. They're hanging their heads, all this stuff. But I don't feel like you do this in Major League Baseball. Now, Major League Baseball is the highest competition in the world. So why would you stop running on someone who's giving you a free base when anything can happen. Many times teams have come back from 11 to 0 deficits and came back 112 to 11, 13 to 11. So I just feel like in the major leagues you do not ever take your foot off the throttle. Especially since there's definitely someone behind you who's going to be willing to take the risk to take that extra bag to get that run in so that you have a more commanding lead. Because it's not over until the last out is recorded, especially in Major League Baseball. Now, Sergio Romo, all he did in this whole thing was made himself look like an idiot by yelling at the Nationals' dugout. Especially when the Rays beat the Nationals 11-0 the day before. 
which means that they have no problem with running up scores or having a commanding lead. Now, I don't know if they were running all over the Nationals or not. I don't know if they ended up doing station to station, but they did win 11 to 0. So, somehow they scored those 11 runs. And when you win 11 to 0, that's just that's that's enough in itself. You don't need to be chirping at the dugout. So, no fights broke out during this quote-unquote brawl. Everyone got separated. We'll see how this plays out. I think that Romo might end up getting fined or suspended. Benches clearing after the game makes absolutely no sense to me. The game is over. The Rays showed that they were the better team that day the way that they should have. They beat the Nationals, and that's how it should have ended. The Romo should have walked off the field with his head held high because he struck out the last batter of the game, won the game, and then Romo turns around. He just makes the Rays organization look like clowns. You turn around, you start chirping the dugouts. Now they're, the benches have cleared. Everybody's in the middle of the field. And you just look dumb. The game's over. You won it. Take your win. And in your press conference, you say, Yeah, the 11-0 victory yesterday and the 1-0 victory today was because Trey Turner stole on us and we were pissed about it and we had a chip on our shoulder. That's what you say. You don't start a fight over it after the game. Now on a lighter note of baseball, in case you missed it, Pat McAfee played in his first professional baseball game. If you don't know who Pat McAfee is, that's probably okay because he's not a baseball player. He's a retired kicker who's a freak athlete that now has a podcast. It's called The Pat McAfee Show. If you haven't listened to The Pat McAfee Show, you should because it's a very entertaining podcast. It's one of the reasons that I actually got into podcasting. But anyways, the Washington Wild Things allowed Pat McAfee to play his first professional baseball game after never playing baseball a day in his life. He started in right field and he batted ninth. Now, they haven't released any of the footage of the game. He was mic'd up and they haven't released any of that stuff yet. But they talked about it on his show and it sounds like it's going to be great to watch. He went 0 for 3. He grounded into a fielder's choice that put him on first and then advanced to second on a wild throw. It's not a big surprise he went 0 for 3, especially when he's playing professional baseball. He's never touched a bat in his life. The odds for Pat McAfee to get a hit were very low. Now that makes a lot of sense to everybody. And there was actually betting on it. So the payout for him to not get a hit was not nearly as high as for him to get a hit, especially since he didn't get a hit, which makes a lot of sense. He was facing someone who's throwing 92, 93. Um, But I just think that him playing in this game shows the beauty of baseball, that the Washington Wild Things would invite him to come out and play for them. They'd start him in right field, let him have three at-bats, In those three at-bats, actually, I want to mention that he only saw five pitches. He didn't strike out one time. Um, He watched one pitch, I believe, is what he said. And he made contact on all three at-bats, which means he had good enough hand-eye coordination to put the bat on the ball, or he was just swinging with his eyes closed and got lucky three times. But this really just shows the beauty of baseball and how great of a sport it is that they would invite him out here to play with them. Um, It's just like the Will Ferrell thing that they did in spring training. It's, It's a lot of fun to watch. And I'm going to be very entertained when I'm watching the videos that they released. He also talked about a new respect that he has for baseball players. Since he's never played baseball in his life, he obviously wouldn't understand what baseball players go through. And people that don't play baseball or have never played baseball don't have the respect that they should for baseball players. And that's no fault of their own. They just don't know what the game entails. But he was seeing the 91, 92, 93. I don't. I, I think that they said it was 91 to 93, and 
ungodly breaking stuff, sliders and stuff. So I, ju- I just think that the new respect for baseball players, it's good that he's putting it out there to his viewers because he, he's in the public eye. And him doing that just shows how great baseball is. He was talking about the center fielder who was a first-round draft pick in 2011 who caught a ball over Pat McAfee's head. And he has Pat McAfee said he had no idea how the center fielder got to that ball. So I just think that this is really great. It's beautiful that they would do this for Pat McAfee and for their team. It really just shows the beauty of baseball and how much respect that they should have. Dylan Betances also showed the beauty of baseball with his first swing in 12 years yesterday. He looked like he hadn't swung a bat in 12 years. If you haven't seen this at bat, you need to look it up. He swung so hard and it was so bad. He struck out on three straight pitches. He watched the first one, but it showed how pitchers, they should really just spend more time in the cage. Now, I'm not a big believer in the DH because I think it takes away from the game of baseball. If fielders are expected to be able to good fielder, yeah. If fielders are expected to be able to be good fielders and good hitters, why shouldn't pitchers have the same expectations? Pitchers should be able to play baseball and hitting is a part of baseball. And this I've heard the argument of well, do you want to see David Ortiz hit or do you want to see a pitcher hit? Well, I think David Ortiz if he's going to be in the lineup, he should have to play in the field. Because I understand that it's a brand, it's a company, they're trying to make money, and putting David Ortiz at the plate is going to make them more money. But in the sport of baseball, you should be required to perform on offense and defense. It's one of the beauties of baseball that it just makes it so different than from like football, hockey, soccer, that you're not, you don't have to focus on defense or offense. You have to focus on both. And you have to be good at both. So I really feel like the DH shouldn't be a thing. Now, me saying this isn't going to change anything. But I think pitchers should be expected to be able to hit. And the same on the DH side. I think DHs should be expected to field. Because if you're in the lineup, you should be playing baseball. And you should be playing every aspect of baseball. I think that the DH is the dumbest rule in baseball Well, I'm sure that there's dumb rules I can think of, especially with the commissioner that we have right now. But off the top of my head at the moment, I think the DH is the dumbest rule in baseball, and I think that it should be gotten rid of. Obviously, me saying it isn't going to change anything, but I think that pitchers should have to hit. Now, the last thing I want to talk about is, can we get some real baseball stadiums in the MLB? Twice last week, a baseball got lost in the roof of a dome in the MLB, and I just think it's a really dumb problem to have. They build these domes, and they're not built high enough, and the balls are hitting off the roof and the speakers. The MLB just ignores this problem. They make a joke about it. They put it on intentional talk with the got him thing, but one la- one of the balls last week was an absolute shot, and then it was ended up recorded as an out because it hit a speaker and dropped down, and the second baseman caught it. And then the other one was a pop-up to the catcher that got stuck in the speaker, so it wasn't ever recorded as an out. It was just a foul ball, which is really dumb to me because they should get, they should have an out there. And if you have a real baseball stadium, it is an out. And if you have a real baseball stadium with the first one, it's a home run. Raise the speaker, get rid of the roof, play in a real ballpark, do something to stop balls from getting lost in the roof or speakers because we've been having this problem for the last couple of years, maybe the last seven years. I don't know how long these domes have been 
they they started upgrading them and adding more speakers and lower stuff. The I remember that in the Blue Jays facility, it hit the catwalk one year in playoffs, I believe it was. But I just feel like this is a dumb problem to be having. And, and that's it. That's my whole rant on these stadiums. With the amount of money that the teams have, they just they shouldn't be having this problem. All right, well, that's it for today. Thank you for tuning in to Talk Baseball. I don't know how well I'm going to be sticking to the schedule that I put out a little bit ago, especially with the trip that I just went on. It was exhausting. So just kind of scratch that. I'm going to try to release podcasts as often as possible. I'm going to try to stick three times a week. I don't make any promises. If you like the podcast, go ahead and give us a follow on Twitter at TalkBaseball with Ones for L's and subscribe on SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts to never miss a future podcast. Go ahead and respond to the podcast on Twitter and have a great rest of the day. Thank you for tuning in to Talk Baseball.